Hello, Scary Cat. Welcome to another week of Fright at Scary Cat Podcast with your host, the ultimate Scary Cat, Kate. Join me for a weekly countdown of the scariest moments in horror cinema and real-life horror associated with films. If you enjoy a good scare, you're definitely at the right place. New episodes are released each Friday, so make sure you stay tuned. I would love to hear your opinions regarding this episode, so feel free to let me know on Instagram over at Scary Cat Podcast. You may also suggest the Scary Cat Podcast to your friends who have serious affinity with horror cinema. Another featured film for the Fan Fatale Month is Matt Bettelini Olpin and Ty- Tyler Gillette's Ready or Not. Again, for those who are first-time listeners, welcome to the show. Each month, I choose a theme to base all of my featured films. Since March 8th is since March 8th is celebrated as International Women's Day, I created a theme wherein theme wherein th- the movies I will talk about will revolve around women who fight back against their oppressors. So please don't take the theme literally. It's just for wordplay or something. Today, let's talk about the horror slasher comedy film, Ready or Not. The film was released in August 2019 and was directed by Matt Bedellini-Alpin and Tyler Gillette. Ready or Not follows the story of a newly wedded woman who has to participate in a, rit- in a ritual in order to be officially a part of her husband's family. The film stars Tamara Weaving, Adam Brody, Mark O'Brien, and a whole lot more. Since this is the top five scariest moments, sorry, top five scariest moment series series, I will save some of my thoughts about this film and the other two films that I've talked about this month for my month ender episode. However, I just have to say that this film though has extremely attractive main characters. Ready or not, here are my top picks of the top five scariest moments in Ready or Not 2019. Number five. Does she look like she's wearing a giant white wedding dress? This is the scene where the real shit show happens, marking the 28 minutes and 58 seconds of the film. Grace is now aware that the game she's supposed to play with her husband's family, the Lidomuses, is not an ordinary hide-and-seek. Instead, it's a game where Grace hides while the entire family hunts her with shotguns, crossbows, and other weapons. In this scene, however, is... When Grace realized that the Lidomuses were serious about killing her. Only this time, Clara, her stoner of a sister-in-law, mistakes one of the housekeepers for Grace. Clara accidentally shot the housekeeper in the eye while Grace and Alex were hiding behind the bed and trying not to make a sound. This is, this is not just scary for our protagonist, but it's also confusing as why she has to go through all of this despite her already being married to to Alidomas. Number four, you little fucker. R.I.P. to Grace. Grace's left hand on the 53 minutes and 50 seconds of the film when Grace finally escapes from the house only to be found by one of the Lidomas kids inside the barn. She thinks the kid is innocent and all but then she's wrong. The kid is one of them. The kid shoots her in the hand while she's trying to comfort him. This infuriates Grace, causing her to punch the kid in the face, making him unconscious. As Grace picks up the flashlight, a black goat appears out of nowhere, 
Startled, she fell down into this closet basement thing below the barn. I'm not sure what's that called, but this is where the carcasses of dead animals are disposed of. This scene answers how the Lidomasas keep their legacy and wealth while there's no one getting married in the family yet. See, it was, it was explained earlier in the film that the gaming rituals are done to give back to Mr. LaBelle, the person or the demon who is responsible for making their family successful. However, these games must only be played whenever someone <coughs> I'm sorry. When so- whenever someone is wedded to the family and it's not like there's someone wedded to the family every day. So I was wondering, would Mr. LeBale be patient enough to wait for another wedding to happen? And it's in the scene where it answers my question that the family have been engaging in um, uh, some sacrificial rituals using animals on a regular basis. And that is exactly why I love this film. It's because of the directors, the producers, creators, writers, who respect the intelligence of the audience. It doesn't make us feel stupid like a lot of slush slasher films. <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, by the way, um, I feel bad for Grace in this scene because this is when the kid shots her in the hand, right? And then we see a huge hole in her hand. And yeah, that looks painful. And as if that's not enough, when she fell down the the basement of the barn, I don't know, but that thing, and she was trying to make her way up, and then she didn't see that there was a nail on the, like, like in there, uh, at the top of that thing, of that basement door. And... The hand that was shot was the exact same hand that was uh, accidentally, I say, struck by the nail. So, yeah, R.I.P. to Grace's hand. Number three, Three Hailed Satans. A string of scenes starting with the Lidomasis, finally initiating the satanic ritual with Grace as their ultimate sacrifice marking the 1 hour and 16 minutes of the film. Technically, there were supposed to be four failed rituals, I should say, if we count the part where Mr. Lidomas would want to do the ritual himself, but but that was interrupted. So, the first ritual failed because Daniel, who is obviously attracted to Grace, poisoned his family's drink during the ritual. It wasn't lethal, though, but its effect can buy more time for Grace to uh, help her escape. I felt bad for Daniel's death later on and I don't know it's if it's because because of the character or is it just because it's played by Adam Brody. We all know that Adam Brody's characters are charismatic yet I don't really root for him in Jennifer's body though but still. Although I find it brilliant that before Daniel dies he first had this serious confrontation with his wife Char- Charity while he's trying to help Grace. It's like, if Daniel had to die, it should be done with an impact. And what better way to die than in the hands of his jealous wife while he is beside Grace? The second ritual but was done by Grace's beloved husband, Alex. 
And the last one though was supposed to be led by by Aunt Helene, but to our surprise, we found out that Mr. LeBail is indeed real. And just as Aunt Helene was about to chop Grace's head off, her head exploded instead. And so did the entire Lodomasis. This scene reminded me of, I think it was the first Kingsman film, but only more brutal. Number two. <coughs> Sorry. She's in here. We've probably heard this multiple times in the film, but this scene is when Alex was the one who pointed out his wife's location for his family to kill. This marks the one hour and 30 minute minutes of the film where Alex finds Grace smashing the shit out of her mother's skull with Mr. LeBale's puzzle box. Personally, I give this movie a 10 out of 10 because these guys, the directors, the actors, and everyone just know how to stitch the scenes perfectly together. Like, for example, in this scene, at some point, we know that Alex's mom, and we don't, we don't know, but we just assume that Alex's mom would also die, but it wasn't through the head explosions. The drama and impact has to be there, like much like Daniel's death. So the kill had to be done by Grace herself, and right on time, Alex enters the room. After Grace was again captured by the Lidomises for the millionth time, they, they held her on the table, lying down for another ritual. This time, Alex himself had to do the killing, but only to fail because Grace's fighting spirit just won't die out. Of course, it's scary to be captured by a sat- satanic cult and be offered as a sacrifice. What's even scarier in like, this film is not the ritual, but what led to it. Obviously, Alex led her to all of this. At first, up to the middle of the film, we see that Alex loves Grace. Yeah, we can give him that, yet little by little, it is unraveled that Alex is just what Grace calls as a quote-unquote selfish fuck, who would rather put his wife's life in danger for several reasons. One, this is what his family wants. Two, the fortune. And three, because she's the one who chose this, and that she's, quote, the one who wants to get married, end quote. We see here, ladies and gentlemen, that Alex is indeed a toxic motherfucker himself. Number one, I want them to accept me. If the, Lid- if the Lidomasus didn't practice sick rituals and sacrifices, it would still be scary to be a part of their family. Heck no, I wouldn't want to be a part of their family. For example, their idea of dating, courtship, and marriage is still backwards. In the first scene... Alex even talks about how his parents and older relatives are used to a three-year courtship, much like the old times. I like it when Grace says that their courtships were more like a quote-unquote bonathon. It's not like they that I hate traditions. Like it's not it's not all traditions that I hate, but there are these certain traditions that are just and ideologies that are just useless, much like the Lidomasis when these um, practices just make people self-righteous and hypocritical. It doesn't make them any better. 
So why, why, why go through all the trouble? In Grace's case, she grew up in a foster home and she just wants to have a family. She has tried so hard to be liked by Alex's family and yet they still didn't seem to approve of her. Grace just wants a peaceful life, a husband, a home, yet these people make her feel like she doesn't have the right to those things. I mean, she has to be killed for her for their own selfish benefit, for their wealth and whatever. I love Grace's character development in this film, though. At first, she was this quite of a rebel girl, but knows when to be polite and when to be naughty. Yet, at the end of the film, we see a fed up, cursing, pissed off, more badass version of her fighting for her life because, yeah, she's she's fighting for her life against this horrible family that she just wants to be a part of well this ends our last feature film for the femme fatale month what do you think about red or not let me know over instagram at scaredy cat podcast or you may also reach out to my personal instagram account which i will be putting in the description you may also suggest the scaredy cat podcast to your friends who have serious affinity with horror cinema next week is our month ender episode where I will talk about all the films we featured this month. Thank you for joining me this week on Scaredy Cat Podcast, where we celebrate our love for horror movies. This has been your host, Kay. Good night, and I'll see you in your nightmares. <laughs>